Hi, everybody. I'm Patrick McEnroe, and this is Holding Court. All right, Fit Biomics is my new sponsor here on Holding Court, and I'm, I'm very excited about this because I've been looking for something to help me with my gut health. You know, I'm 55 now, my gut not quite as ripped as it used to be. Other middle-aged men will know what I'm talking about. So I've been hearing about this gut health and probiotics for some time, and just so happens that Fit Biomics came along, wanted to be a sponsor of my podcast, and Nella is their new product. It's a deli capsule of next-generation performance probiotics, which is is designed to help anyone, including yours truly, pursue a healthy and active lifestyle and reach a new level of their personal best. You know, get that gut health, get that digestion better, um, sleep better at night. So I am starting this out. I will do it alongside you. You can go to their website, nella.fitbiomics.com, and you can use my code, PMAC, that's P-M-A-C, 25, and you will get 25% off all products. Let's do this together. Let's see how our gut health progresses. All right, everyone, time for another edition of Holding Court. And I guess um, it's not a court this time, it's the ball fields. And uh, Mr. John Heyman, my good buddy, MLB insider, of course, has covered baseball for way too many <laughs> years, uh, John, than we can count. But thank you for coming on. I know you've been, you're super busy right now. So give me at the moment, the lay of the land of where we are in Major League Baseball and why there will be no baseball, at least the first two weeks, I guess, so far of the season. Yeah, I, I wish I could give you a happy prognosis, <clears throat> Patrick, but uh, right now it does not look great. Unfortunately, uh, the players and MLB, the owners, could not come to an agreement on the CBA, and so it has expired, and uh, right now the players are locked out. Hopefully they will begin negotiating once again very soon, if not this week, then certainly next week. We don't want to lose too many games. Right now, six games have been canceled. Can they be made up? You know, I'm kind of doubtful at this point. I think we're going to have a 156-game season at best. But uh, unfortunately, while baseball is doing well, the revenues are going up. They can't agree on how to divide up the pie. Well, um, you know, you, you got to help me here because I, I've talked to a few other uh, baseball insiders just sort of, you know, texting back and forth. And most of them say this, you know, obviously we're trying to, you know, I don't know if you could place blame on one side or the other, but most are saying that this was a good deal for the players and that they should have taken it. What's your take on where they're at? Because I know, uh, you know, ownership was offering a higher salary for the younger players coming up. So what, wh where, where is this landing as far as you're concerned? Yeah. You know, I work at MLB network, so I have that particular perspective perhaps, but uh, you know, I, I understand where the players are right now. I do get it. Um, you know, obviously, uh, MLB, the owners, offered a lot of good things. The universal DH, no compensation for free agents. They bumped up the minimum salary to 700000 from 570000 That's a big bump. They did add the bonus pool, which the players did request at $30 million. Uh, the issue is the CBT, as we call it, the competitive balance tax, which is the luxury tax. It has a threshold. Right. And then penalties if you go over the threshold. And that is the issue. And the offer there. Now, while MLB, the owners, made a lot of good strides and good offers on the other areas, this one is a problem at this point. Last year, uh, the threshold was at $210 million, meaning 
payrolls above 210 million were going to be taxed, and the owners' teams would have to then pay some money. Only two teams went over San Diego by basically pennies, and the Dodgers, we know they went over by tens of millions of dollars and had to pay a big penalty. Of course, they make a lot of money, they do great, they can afford it. So we're at 210 million. The owners have now offered 220 million, but they've done it in three straight years. So a 5% increase in the first year, which isn't terrible, but then again 220, then again 220. So the salaries are the top teams are not going to keep spending like crazy because of this. It isn't a cap, it is only a threshold, so it's I guess you could call it a soft cap, but the players didn't like this considering that the players' salaries have stagnated over the last three, four years. The average salary in 2017 was $4.1 million. Average salary in 2021, also $4.1 million. Obviously, that's a lot of money, but, you know, they want to be able to divide up the, pro- the, the pie fairly, uh, equitably, and players don't feel like that will happen if you have a luxury tax that goes up a little bit one year and then stays the same for another two years. So that is the issue. We thought that was the issue all along. We thought I thought there was a path to a deal. I was starting to believe some people who, who thought things were going well, and then, then they started going badly. Then they went well again, and we were all pretty convinced when we left at 3 a.m. I think it was Monday night. I don't know. The days are running together. It seemed fairly positive. MLB said they thought they were making progress and things were going very well. The union at that point said some positive things. They said they do believe Rob Manfred did want a deal. So they were softening a bit, but they did say there were still some big gaps and big differences. And, you know, in the end, that turned out to be right. Um, They still have some big gaps in a couple areas. But the CBT luxury tax is the main one, the bonus pool, the other one. So they're still pretty far apart at this point, uh, I I would say, which is a bit surprising because a couple times we thought there was a path to a deal. So I don't think a deal is going to come quickly at this moment. So it sounds like, uh, John, it's the players that are making more money. I mean, I'm not trying to split the players, but uh, obviously they they put up a united front. So it seems yeah. they've been very, you know, together. All the pictures they've taken down in Jupiter, you've seen them all um, sort of on the same page. But it sounds to me like, you correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the luxury tax, they wanted to go higher uh, or at least have that point be higher, that that means that th- those are bigger salaries for, for more the top tier of players. Would I be correct in that assumption? Yeah, generally that would be the case. It's the it's the team's uh, total payroll. They want it to be higher than $220 million. They offered $238 million. Then it rises in the five years to 263 The MLB has it starting at 220 and rising to 230 So that is a pretty big gap still right now. But it's the teams. It's it would affect the teams that spend big, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees, and potentially some other teams because there have been a number of teams that were very cognizant of the threshold and made sure just to stay under it barely, including the Cubs at some point. Uh, you, the, the jersey that like, you're wearing, like my shirt. Yeah, I'm so surprised. I thought you were loyal to the Mets. I'm a little surprised, but it's a beautiful listen, jersey. Listen, I got my name on the back. So you know, you know where I got this, John. I and I, I had to go through my drawers down here. This is how important you are to my <laughs> podcast. Okay, was that I knew I had because I got this when we played in the Labor Cup. 
oh, in Chicago yeah, yeah, sure. oh, right. a couple years ago. Um, and so they put, they gave us all the, you know, the team members and the, I'm the, the assistant coach and my brother is the coach, uh, for the Cubs. So, you know, of course I would, I'm more of a Yankee fan, by oh, the way. Oh, okay. I didn't okay? realize. All right. My, my brother, I, I mean, we Queens, grew up in, so I yeah, we you. grew up in Queens and I'll tell you a quick story of why I became a Yankee fan, because a lot of my buddies growing up, you know, we're Met fans sure. and we were, we were big jet fans. So we used to go to all the games at Shea we, we had friends in Douglaston that actually had season tickets for the Jets, so we used to go to a couple games a year. Anyway, um, when Reggie hit the three homers okay, yes. in the World Series game, I was in the upper deck with my dad. Nice. My dad brought me to the Yankee game. You know, so I believe you, Patrick. When, you know, hundreds of thousands of people claim to have been at that game, and, of course, there's only room for 54,000. <laughs> I believe you, though. <laughs> I believe it's like you were it's there. like um, it's like all the people who say to me they were at the match that I lost to Jimmy Connors at the U.S. Open and they were rooting for me. I'm like, really? I didn't hear you that night. That was, you know, where were you? You're quiet. Was like you're, five you're, people. Your that, fans are very, very polite. I would have very loyal. I would have rooted for you. Anyway, so that's why that's how I be. I think that's how I became okay. a Yankee fan because then, and I'll never forget. My dad said because uh, we 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 had a drive back to uh, Douglaston. And so when Reggie hit the third homer, it was like, you know, total bedlam. And my dad's like, come on, you know, we're out of here. We're gonna, we got to get out of here. This is going to be crazy. So we, we, we got out early so we could beat the traffic. But um, all right, so what it, it, how did baseball do during the – I mean, we all know what happened in the pandemic. You yeah. know, they got the 60 games in and so on. But financially, how did – did the players make – what, what yeah. percentage of their salaries did they make? And then how did – ownership do throughout those couple of years because you know as a as just a fan of baseball not it's like in tennis the same thing like in the last couple of years in tennis you know the prize money went down big time for the even for the even at the big tournaments now the players of course don't have the same power in tennis that they do in baseball right. but it would seem to me just as a fan like holy you know like come on like how can you guys not get a deal done i mean you must have not made as much money as, as normal, and we're, we're kind of coming out of this. So is it really worth it to lose, you know, part of the season uh, based on what's happened in the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody outside of baseball thinks it's worth it. Obviously, Rob Manfred said it would be disastrous to lose games. We are going to lose games at this point unless a miracle happens and they agree to play doubleheaders or extend the season. I don't see that happening. Tony Clark said it's a sad day in baseball, so... It's bad for everybody. I mean, the pandemic, certainly the owners did take a hit, and they mentioned that as one of the reasons that they're not able to make a better offer. But to be fair about it, the players took a big hit as well in the pandemic. They only got 37.5% of their salary. They played 60 games wow. and it ended up being, I believe it was 37.5%. So the players also, everybody took a big hit in the pandemic. Uh, so... You know, what about what about last year, John? How about last yeah. year? What did they? And they're not quite back to where they were before, so right. it's it's a little down. But they're they're it's pretty clear that the the uh, revenues are on the rise and they will continue to be on the rise. It seemed to be a, a feeling that there's a lot of money in the betting. I I myself I try to stay away from betting. I'm very bad at it. Uh, I lose it whenever I go to Las <laughs> Vegas. But apparently, this is a big yeah. thing in sports now. So. I think there's a yes. feeling that there's going to be uh, a rise in revenues due to the betting and the NFTs. I can't even tell you what the NFTs are, but people seem excited about it. So 
Um, I do think that there is a feeling that the revenues are on the rise. So that combined with this stagnating salaries of players, um, they feel, and they also thought that the threshold originally was attended just to stop that runaway team, your team, the Yankees, basically at the beginning right. when they put this in. And at this point, while only two teams were uh, taxless, you're the Padres and the Dodgers, as they look at it, many more teams were on the cusp of that threshold that were very close, and they feel that those teams were prevented from spending more because mm. they were encouraged to stay below the threshold. The Phillies, I mean, the Cubs have been in that area. The Yankees, I mean, the Yankee payroll has basically been stagnant for most of the last almost decade. Um, they've been very, I don't want to say good, but they've maintained a, a payroll generally below that threshold. Now, they did go over once or twice, but the penalties multiply. They get greater as you, the more you go over it. So uh, it's it has not acted like a cap, I would say, but it's been a little mm. bit stronger of a threshold than I think the players thought it would be. So that's why they are concerned about it. And, you know, the fact their salaries, as I said, have remained the same over four years. Maybe they didn't like their last deal. It does appear they didn't like it. They're trying to make up for it now and to get a deal that they think is fair. So I, I do get their side of it. I do work at MLB Network, but I understand uh, what what their side of it is. I think right now they need to get creative and do something different because right now, while, while we were hopeful a couple times over the weekend and heading into Monday, um, right now it does look like uh, the players are – pretty solid and the owners aren't happy and willing to wait some because the money is not made in April. It seems like a very small amount of money is made by the owners in the first 20 or 25 games. The TV contract is only guaranteed at about 140 games. So you could, they could miss 22 games and just miss the fan money, you know, the, the attendance money. So not a lot of money. That's basically a quarter, I think of the money. So right now, I think both sides are fairly entrenched. And while they've tried a number of things, they need to try something else to get this done. So, so generally, John, what, uh, for, for the individual teams, okay, would you say that the majority of them make money? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I know the Marlins lose money. I'm down here, and if you, can, if, if you see me now, you can see I'm in Florida. Uh, the Marlins yes. are losing big money. I don't think there's any question about it. Now, the, the, the money, the... Payrolls, the the revenue, the payroll, all the money, the profits or losses, they're not public except for the Braves. The only team that's public is the Braves. They are owned by a public entity, Liberty Media. And that came out recently. They made $100 million in the last year. Now, they won the World Series. Certainly right. helps. So it's hard to draw conclusions about every team by the Atlanta Braves. Of course, if they had the All-Star game still, they would have made even more money than that. But that was taken away from them, and I think that was the correct decision there. In any case, it, I do believe that most of the teams do make money. So, um, you know, and the players are looking at not only the teams make money, the franchise values have risen generally over the last several years. There are some examples. Uh, Artie Moreno bought the Angels for... 200 million something they're probably worth at least two to three billion dollars at this point uh mark Adnazio bought the brewers for around 200 million dollars uh they're certainly worth over a billion at this point so uh, not every 
cases exactly that great, but generally the franchise values have risen. I mean, the Yankees are the all-time example. They bought it. Uh, CBS had actually lost money. The amazing thing is they owned a right. baseball team and lost money. They sold it to Steinbrenner Company for $10 million. And that certainly the Yankees are worth over $5 billion at this point. So I'm not a mathematician. I couldn't tell you what that rise is, but either 500 times or 5,000 times. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have my calculator. Pretty good. But not every team is like that. I mean, Kansas City was just just changed hands within the last year or two. That team has not made any money. But the, the, one, the owners who have been in there for five or more years have all made money. Speaking of this, my cup from Las Vegas that I just might, you mentioned Vegas. So I don't bet either, but my wife went and just performed there. Oh, sure. So this is what she, she, she brought me back a nice uh, coffee cup from Las Vegas. So just, uh, I know you were dying to know about that, John, <laughs> but you said something very interesting to me uh, about the TV deal. So if it, and this, this may be part of why the owners are trying to squeeze the players a little bit. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but the, if they lose, 15 to 20, 25 games, they still get the total money from their television rights packages, correct? True. That is apparently true. So they're apparently the, the money per game that they get before the TV contract gets in is only one fourth of the money that they get once the TV contract kicks in. So it's a small amount of money. That's why we keep here. I think and I, the players are the ones mentioning this, that the, they, they're aware of this. The players are very smart, and they're together. And they're saying, you know, the owners are, seem like they're willing to lose a month uh, or so because once the TV contract kicks in, they're going to want to play. So the players will have that leverage at that point, but at this moment, they really don't have that leverage. I, I do think there is some validity to that. And, and and we all know that obviously spring training is, uh, is a yeah. huge – economic boon for you know those small towns as you know in florida and arizona so there those people are losing out not to mention the people that you know park the cars run the concessions run the bars and restaurants around the stadiums once the league you know once baseball gets back underway uh and and one would think that you might be a little more sensitive to that particularly in these times as you know people have been struggling with obviously the pandemic it looks like we're starting to come out of it so so it doesn't seem like that's factoring in too much to, um, you know, the conflict that's going on. Would, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, when the sides are together, you know, it's a big negotiation. And certainly they're both sides are looking for their own, at their own interests. I mean, I'm sure they're, they've thought of this and they're not happy about it. But, you know, they're they're trying to do the best they can for their own side. I mean, that's what negotiators do. I think that's probably true in any negotiation. Uh, unfortunately, here there's some uh, shrapnel that's hitting not only all the ta- places that you talked about. I mean, I was in uh, Abacoa, part of Jupiter, the last four or five days, uh, trying to uh, you know stake out the owners and the players, and uh, you know it's sad. I mean, the stadium grill across the street normally packed. I mean, you know, I was the only one eating there basically. Uh, it's unfortunate and sad. I do eat a lot, but it not, do not make up for everybody. <laughs> not enough, out. right, right. And certainly uh, it's been a big hit for all those towns in Florida and for all the Phoenix area. Uh, it's been rough. But, I mean, the, the, the biggest losers in this right now are the fans. And, you know, I'm sure they right. think about the fans 
And baseball's future, the future is nothing without the fans. The, the, the future is nothing without the players, and it's nothing without the fans. So I, I'm sure that even more than the, all these cities in Florida and, and Phoenix, now they are going to have the spring training eventually, and they will have four right. months. So they're going to lose two, two weeks of the six-week spring training, one-third of their revenue, and that's not good. But, you know, the fans are the ones that are really losing out here. And I, I'm sure that both sides think of the fans, but – when you're heavy into a negotiation over billions of dollars, uh, you know, and the players felt like they didn't get a good deal the last two times, uh, they want to make sure they get it right this time. And, uh, you know, I, you know, both sides want to get back and play. I mean, there's no question about that. I believe that. But uh, the money is right now the reason they're not playing. It's, it seems like, um, John, such an opportunity, right, for baseball because it's a, you know, it's, 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 the, it's still the American pastime. I know the NFL is, is the biggest at the moment, but when you look at baseball and, you know, especially as we're coming out of the pandemic and, you know, people are excited about it. Yesterday was the first day my three daughters went to school without not having to wear the mask here in Westchester County in New York. So you feel like this is a, like an unbelievable opportunity for baseball. Because, you know, every year we look forward to spring training, you know, pitchers and catchers and, you know, seeing the first balls being hit down in Florida. And it would just seem like, wow, this would be like such a great moment for baseball to like pick up this momentum and run with it. And now we're stuck. Absolutely. I mean, uh, people love spring training, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously baseball is, and if not the biggest, but at this point, probably football is the biggest, but arguably the second or third biggest sport. And uh, it's a, it's a major loss. I do believe both sides do want to get back on the field and play. Uh, they just haven't been able to figure it out. It's very unfortunate and uh, it's not good. I mean, I mean, obviously Rob Manfred said it'd be disastrous. And I think that was a very nice and honest and smart thing from the sand. he's taking hits, but he admitted it'd be disastrous if they didn't get it done. You know, that's not really a negotiating stance that pretty much sends the message we want to get it done. Unfortunately, the numbers have not added up for the players. Uh, I think at this point they need to get creative. I I do think the small market teams are very concerned about the CBT, that luxury tax threshold going up much further. I do think that's the real crux of the problem right now. All the owners won't admit that or talk about it. They don't want to talk about what their role calls look like. Manfred did say he's certainly well aware, cognizant of how his constituency, how the owners feel. But that seems to be the problem. I mean, to me, does it really affect Milwaukee or Tampa Bay if the Mets or Dodgers don't have to pay a tax on that extra five or ten million dollars? I'm not sure it does. I don't think talking about Vegas, I don't think the World Series odds change for Tampa Bay if the Dodgers are allowed to spend another $10 million, <laughs> right. what's the difference? Yep. Uh, so I don't get it completely myself. doesn't affect them monetarily. Certainly Milwaukee, Tampa, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the small market teams that seem to be against that threshold going up. doesn't affect them monetarily. They're not going to spend $220 million or $230 million anyway. And I don't think it really swings the odds anyway. So to me, you know, I would have... I would have given a little bit more on that to 200, from 210 million to 220 million, but I think that right now you've got—I was told seven or eight owners. It's probably at least eight because if it's seven, the MLB can do it and just say sorry, seven. You know, we only need 23 votes to get the thing ratified. 
So I have a feeling it's eight or more that are against that CBT going up any further. Um, and they might have, they just have to figure out another way. I've, I've suggested a few creative ideas. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a genius. I don't, you know, they don't love my ideas, but they've all talked about how the issue, big issue is the great young players like Juan Soto and other players like that, right. making the minimum and get, funneling more money to these young players. And there are a lot of them. There are a lot of great young players in Major League Baseball right now. Funneling more money to them, the, the players came up with a good idea for a bonus pool, and then they originally had it going to 30 players, and I think MLB kind of suggested let's get more players. So it's now over 100 players, but they need to maybe put more money into If they can't get the CBT up, if they're just too many small market owners that refuse to budge on the CBT, and the players have said they want more money for the younger players to make it more equitable, uh, you know, because you've got, obviously, Max Scherzer's make $43 million a year now with the Mets, and you've got players of the ilk of Juan Soto who have been making close to the minimum, you know, less than a million dollars. So raise the bonus pool. I'm glad MLB put $30 million in there. I, I would say concede that point to the players. They wanted $100 million, or 80, I think they're at $85 million now. They were at 100 Go up on that. Go up to 85 or even higher if you have to. Go up on that or the minimum. Now, the MLB did do pretty well with the minimum to raise it from 570 to 700. Make it a million. That's a good jump. Yeah, that's yeah. a big jump. But if the real issue, as the players say, is all these young players not being paid equitably, raise it to a million or 900,000. I mean, I don't have the calculator. I couldn't tell you exactly how much that would affect every team. And that does affect the small market teams more. Because they have more young players, they have more players at the minimum. But I would say if that's their problem, if that's the issue, I would say raise that bonus pool. Raise the uh, minimum salary even further. Get it done that way instead of the CBT. Listen, uh, John Heyman, let me tell you something. You are a genius. Okay? <laughs> to me, you are. I appreciate you coming on. I know you're super busy. Before I let you go, the most important question is, when am I going to see your daughter back at our oh, tennis yes. academy in New York? I got it. We got to see her back. I love. We love having her. Yeah, she. Thanks to you, great. Uh, obviously, the uh, McEnroe Tennis Academy, fantastic job because you saw her at the beginning when I first <laughs> brought her there, and yep. uh, she now has a single spot on a uh, on a very good high school team in Florida. You know, Florida they play That's pretty tough, good because you know, yeah, you know, Florida's so a hotbed. So I'm I'm very happy to hear that. So I hope you've done a great job, and thank you very much. You will see her over. You've the done summer. a great job, and I love, I love, I love some of your creative ideas. I hope that the uh, powers that be in baseball will pay a little bit more attention. But let's hope we can get something done here in the not too distant future, so we can get uh, baseball back where it belongs on the field, so we can all enjoy it. Absolutely, that's what we all hope for. And and the good news, I think both sides do want to get baseball back on the field. The owners and the players. And hopefully they get back to the table very soon and start working toward that end. And uh, I'm hoping that we're not going to miss a whole month or even more. I really am. And I, I believe, uh, you know, that first month is in jeopardy, but I, I, I'm quite sure they're not going to go past that anyway. Well, that's uh, the, it's straight from the horse's mouth here on Holding Court. Mr. John Heyman, who's covered this for so many years. And listen, I'm open for invitation anytime to come on your podcast because i know you just kill it with your can you give it give us tell my tell my listeners the name please oh big time baseball i do it with tony gwynn and junior sometimes with cody decker and i know you are a baseball expert uh 
<laughs> I so wouldn't say that. You could but, certainly right. talk some baseball. So, uh, well, well let, let's it. say when, when the season gets started, you know, throw me some love. I'll come on. I want to come on your show. Okay. That's the deal. All right. John Heyman, everyone, on Holding Court. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.